This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by Muck Delivery, bringing you the food you love. Muck Delivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with Muck Delivery. So, the only thing left to say is... You in? Order now on the McDonald's app and you can also get reward points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. From Flint to Philadelphia, from Hollywell to Hollywood. Rob Ryan Red is a brand new Wrexham AFC fans podcast by Nathan Salt and Richard Fay. Now, maybe you're well-versed in Wrexham history, or maybe you're new here, so here's a few things to jog your memory. Here is Vose, great dribbling by Don Vose, and still, Vose, he gets past another, oh, what a goal! Don Vose, one of the goals of the season, he has toyed with the defence there, and that is remarkable, the Bull Boys getting involved. Conor Jennings, the captain, Wrexham's top goal scorer, 13 for the season, 14! Wrexham lead! It's Wrexham 1! Chester now! It's McDonough for Wrexham! Still Jerry McDonough! It's Matt Curran in! McDonough around the keeper! Wrexham! Wrexham! to the lead, ladies! If yesterday was a Black Friday, but today is a Red Saturday! Hello, welcome to the latest episode of Rob Ryan Red, the Wrexham AFC podcast. I'm Rich Fay, and he is Nathan Salt. Nathan, how are you doing? I feel refreshed, Rich. Two 4 0 wins back to back. It's no more doom and gloom. We're back to the good times on the pod. Yeah, roll on the European Super League. Can't wait for that. Although, uh, by the time we're recording this, it has already been abandoned and the, the talks have collapsed. But I know you and me both uh, cover other clubs as well, don't we, Nathan? God, this week has been long and grueling, hasn't it? Oh, what a week. I mean, you know, it's like you say, two journalists who've just been in the newsrooms. I've been trying to just keep up to date with everything everything related to the Super League. And next minute I see, I see Wrexham have tweeted a statement about the Super League and I'm thinking, oh, you know, what is this like well, what's going to go on here uh, and very humorous that Wrexham are not well weren't planning to join the Super League but Rob McElhenney did say in a video that came out I think it was yesterday that he was willing to join the European Justice League so no it was it was good fun it's been a busy week Rich I mean Jose Mourinho has been sacked so you know could he be the successor to Keats would he like a bit of too negative Rob too <laughs> negative isn't he that's the problem is, Mourinho, is, is, is Mourinho ball too similar to Keats ball is that or is that's, it even worse I don't know that's what I'm saying yeah I think oh, imagine Jose Jose and Wrexham I mean what funnily enough though when he um when he first moved to Manchester United he was looking at a house just outside Riffin to, to really? buy but he, he just ended up living in the Lowry in Manchester he never actually bought a house 
in Manchester, which is part of the reason why he's so unsettled during this time at United. But yeah, Jose's looked around riffing at houses, you know. Riffing. So, yeah. I mean, there's some nice houses. There's some nice houses in that in that part of the world, in fairness. But uh, could you imagine being in the paddock, like, like I say, where, where I normally go? Imagine being in the paddock with Jose, just kind You'd of like be... beckoning the players. Just imagine if we don't win a game. He'll be able to hear every single word of abuse. I know he has it quite bad at the moment, but Jesus, it would be yeah. intense. But yeah, Jose so, or Keats. I'm probably Keats at the moment. 2-4-0 wins. Well, Ke- you're Keats in, yeah. I mean, look, it's... You know what gets me about Dean is that... I wouldn't say, he, I wouldn't say I'm Keats gets, in. I'm just saying right, right now, right, you, right don't, now, you don't change okay. at this stage of the season. But, but for me, what's amazing about Dean is that he... He has such a thick skin, you know. Maybe he must hear, like you say, he must hear all of the noise that that comes with the coverage, uh, you know. And and I'm not saying he he listens to this pod or he listens to any of the kind of the fan sites and everything, but he just doesn't seem to let anything bother him, you know. Even even when the fan base is absolutely sharpening their knives and and going for him, he just sort of shrugs it off. Next game comes back, back to about four nils, and suddenly. I don't know, it's exhausting this time of the season because every game, the narrative flips one way or the other. Saturday, you may win, the narrative's great, you lose and it's disaster again. So, you know, I'm probably, I'm, it's probably good that I'm not the manager and, and I'm just a podcaster blaming the manager. Yeah, we've got an easy job in that sense, haven't we? I think uh, Dean's sort of personality comes through from his, his own playing days, but like you said, Nave, it's that proverbial every match is a cup final sort of vibe at the moment, and like you said, Chesterfield this weekend, we'll look ahead to that. Oh, that's huge. That's in a huge. minute, yeah, but what, well, while we talk about the European Super League, it's sort of just made me appreciate how bloody lucky we are to have Robin Ryan in charge, two people who aren't here to exploit the fans, who aren't here to, to do things for their own personal greed, you know, that you don't buy Wrexham Football Club if you want fame and fortune and money. That just isn't the way that it goes. Oh, God, no. God, and, no. Yeah, particularly, I mean, you know, we've got the membership scheme at the moment, which is free to enter. I'm guessing, from my own cynical point of view, that's just to boost the numbers because if you say you've got this many active members in your club, you might be able to get better sponsorship deals, maybe mm, be able to yeah, pull a right. few more strings at the end of the season. So that's probably why I think the membership scheme is free at the moment. And I urge all of you, to sign up, really, from from my point of view, I don't see any negative to doing so. And of course, there's those money can't buy in, incentives, and there'll be a few more of those in the weeks to come, I'm sure as well. But yeah, I'm just so so grateful, and I just cannot wait to see what the future holds. I just this week's made me realise how lucky we are mm-hmm. as Wrexham fans to to have overcome our own crooks in charge of the club, to have the fan savers, and now we've had that injection of money and fame and a bit more glamour, which we deserve. I had a conversation actually with a friend of mine who's a big Liverpool fan, and you know he was he was very against the Super League, like like many were, and was we were just chatting about you know how he's become disillusioned with um, FSG, Fenway Sports Group, who own Liverpool, and just everything that comes with being an elite level team, uh, and he was saying that look if this goes through, he he wouldn't hesitate to just completely committing to. To following Wrexham you know he's from from the area and and I just thought you know for a lot of people that was a genuine question will I swap teams will I do this and that and I just thought it's we're so grateful to have a club that when I watch Wrexham as much as they frustrate me and they can really you know ruin an entire weekend with a performance at the same time I feel like my voice does get heard you know when I'm at games I feel like the players can at least hear me or you know I feel actually quite close to the action 
Whereas you I feel are like part these... of it, aren't you? Whereas yeah, if, I if feel you support like Manchester United, you support Liverpool, you support Man City, despite all their slick marketing campaigns and their club rhetoric, you are just a number. That's I feel like you. Are. I feel like you are so far away from from what it maybe once you're, was. Well, you're so detached clubs, from the end know? product, aren't you? Because mm. ultimately, even this week, and I promise we'll talk about a bit more about Wrexham in a minute. But if the ESL had have gone through, they, you know, they were just caving into world demand for the club, not for local fans. The fans who go to games are secondary. You know, they don't need the you know, the ticket sales necessarily just yeah. to keep the club afloat. Of course, it helps with revenue, but that's not where the big money is. And the fact is that if you go to watch Man United or Man City and you do protest by giving up your season ticket, there'll be someone else who's very happy to take your place. But at yeah. Wrexham, you've got that core amount of supporters. Sure, we might see that amplified when the when the documentary comes out and just with the whole mm. sort of spec, you know, speculation we've got. We've got the global appeal now. But at the end of the day, if Wrexham fans from Wrexham aren't going to your games, you've got a big, big problem. Yeah, talking of the documentary, uh, you know, the kind of there was a tweet of yours that actually uh, made me laugh about the documentary recently. I don't know if it came up on the pod. Um, I'm trying to think of the game that it's referred to. All the games are kind of blurred into one now. Oh, it's when Durrell got released the day after a 4-0 win. That was it. It was Halifax. That was it. Yeah. But how much, you know, how are they going to condense? I feel like, you know, all the things when you look back. And there's so much of the, the season, season left. So much of the you season know, left. You know, and also there was a story today, if I don't know if you saw that doing the rounds, that the playoff final, I don't want to tempt fate, touch wood, but that, the that King could Power. potentially be the King Power. Yeah, did you see that story? Yeah, well, it makes 100% sense, really. It's just sort of putting two and two together. Wembley will be out of action because of the European Championships this summer, mm-hmm. so that yeah. is not happening as a venue. Then you've got to sit back and go to secondary venues and for different reasons. They are maybe being occupied. There could be pitch relays in other places. So, yeah, the yeah. King Power Stadium in Leicester looks likely for a playoff final. I remember that classic. Was it Luton Wimbledon at the Etihad in Manchester? Was it twenty eleven or so? Yeah, that's what I was thinking. Etihad or maybe Old Trafford or you know Anfield, but maybe the Euro bases are they as well? Yeah, I'm not too sure on that one. Uh, but no, but no. the thing is, you know, it's the National League. They won't make the they won't make a sensible decision because it's the National League. But what <laughs> you'd like to see is when the playoffs are confirmed, or maybe I know it'd be very short notice, but when you know who's in the final, make it a venue where fans can get there where it's accessible in the middle yeah you know? i'm with you but i I'm understand you. that you particularly in these circumstances you've got to plan things well ahead but yeah i think a midland sort of base i mean we used to see classic fa cup semi-finals at villa park fans loved them i i love villa park as a venue you know i, I think I've, I've done i've been to st andrews molyneux i've done a lot of those midlands teams for work and yeah villa park's a great ground and i think you know like i say it's nearby it's not the wembley trip but i feel like you It'd know be that, nice wouldn't just, it Wembley yeah, brings back nice. horrible memories for me. I know you want to put yeah. those behind you, but oh, don't that even North go there. Therapy, that, that North don't Therapy go game. There. Don't go yeah. there. Yeah. Um, but no, it's 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 what gets me with the documentaries. They'll probably do. Uh, I'm guessing. I oh, I can speculate. Say ten parts. You know that kind of, or maybe maybe less. Maybe eight parts. I don't know. But you think there's so many episodes that you'd want to see. There's so many elements that I look at and go. I'd love to see how that played out in the documentary. You know, behind the scenes or. For example, Bromley, where Rob Lainton goes down with the injury, Sean Pearson gets in the ambulance with him, and there was a story that there was a video message from Ryan, I believe it was, not Rob, um, sending sending a goodwill message. There's the comeback at Weymouth, and you know there were reports that people in the camp got COVID around that time, and we obviously have that late comeback. Resaw Johnson scores late on with the kind of lucky strike. Lucky is one word for it, yeah. 
Lucky's one word for it. I'll, I'll give him the benefit of the doubt. Yeah, and then and you've the, got, you know, the Eastley Brawl. There's, there's probably loads I'm forgetting, you know, these kind of... Yeah, we've got Darrell leaving. You've got the fact that every week it goes from doom and gloom to optimism in terms of the results anyway. You've got to have the first episode sort of set the basis of who Wrexham are and then the takeover well, you, actually happening. That was a prolonged yeah, sort of process you assume, anyway. You'd assume that Zoom call, that you know, the member Zoom call you'd imagine will be, you'll be right there. There's just so much that I that we've seen already, you know, live... But that I'd love to see what what I'd love to see is the dressing room, you know, in the dressing room stuff yeah. that we don't get to see. I'd like, like to I'd see... love to see a Dean team talk or something like that. Just see what a rallying cry is like at two 0 down or something like that. Yeah, I remember in the All or Nothing, the Man City documentary. It was, I mean, mm. everything went well for that, for that season, so it's not that entertaining to watch. The Wigan defeat's good, and there's a couple of arguments that they have. The, the, the Fabian Delphi. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but one of the most interesting things was when Benjamin Mendy went for his is it sort of rehab and i know maybe it's down to access and the players own wishes but like seeing how someone like kwame deals with his injury layoff would be really interesting yeah. the way that the club had to react and and getting players in on, on free transfers you know maybe i remember in the sunderland uh documentary there's that list on the whiteboard isn't there of all the players they wanted to get in yeah. on low and, and who's attainable yeah. and who's not maybe if Wrexham had one of those sort of spreadsheets and i know that at non-league level, you often get... I'm not sure if it's a fax anymore. I, I think it was emails when I worked within the club, but they used to get players emailed round if this player's available, do you want to have him in? And I think Russell Penn was one of those before he Russell joined Wrexham. He was what a great of, player. What yeah. a great player he was as well. He, he was, was like such the, a classy operator. He was like the Dulux Luke Summerfield, wasn't he? I know there's lots of sort <laughs> of uh, similarities <laughs> between those Dulux, two. Oh, that Dulux dog's just everywhere. It's haunting me in my dreams. That yeah, it's probably media. haunting Jose Mourinho right now. Yeah. Isn't it? Maybe he does want to but move no, back to Riffin. Who knows? But yeah, no, Luke, Luke Summerfield and Russell Penn, they, they're classy operators. I was thinking, actually, recently I was listening to um, Don Vo's talk on, on another pod, and he was talking about Simon Heslop, who we brought up in one of our early pods. And you just think we've had so many kind of classy... Seven out of ten every week central midfielders, you know. Yeah. I, as much as I love Jay, I mean, he can have Jay Harris. He, he can have he can have some some bad games, and I'd, I'd throw Dean in there as a kind of Mister Reliable. We've had some really really good central midfielders in our time. I'd, I'd put Luke Young in there now. You know, you don't really come away saying Luke Young has had a terrible game. No, often he's just very consistent. Although was it Newport in the FA Cup free play we got sent off? Uh, okay, well you, you you've pulled me up on that one. I mean, that was the one where. There was no arguments, was there, for that? That and that cost us ultimately. That 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 and it would have been game. would have been Leicester at home in the next round who yeah. Newport and, beat. Yeah. And it was like, I said, said, like yeah. I said last week, it's Claude Puel's Leicester. Sometimes you're sensitive yeah. on the win those games, but uh, I guess before we get too much into football, also rumours and I think it, it kind of looks like I I sort of anticipated this anyway that there could be a glamorous preseason sort of trip. It on the sounds cards like as well. it, doesn't it, Rich? It sounds like it. I mean, Humphrey Kerr's column I think is actually brilliant in the leader. I think it's a really good way to to reach the fan base in kind of you know he could put it out on Twitter or whatever, but I think it's actually really really good to do it in the leader. And yeah, it seemed you know I was speculating whether it was Philadelphia more the Rob side or more the Ryan side, and when we go up to Canada. But yeah, if the rumor mills to be believed, it seems like uh, O Canada is the is the the trip rather yeah. than the Star Spangled Banner. 
someone who loves the Tim Hortons as well, then that is that is very good news. But of course, it all relies on on those sort of travel restrictions, doesn't um, yeah, it? Yeah. To me, it makes perfect sense because although we've got this sort of online following now in North America, there's no physical presence of Wrexham Football Club yet. The way to do that is to get them playing games there, get people in the stadium, get a good attendance for a pre-season game against maybe an MLS club. Uh, you can have the owners there to rise, you know, sort of raise even more media attention they can bring some of their friends as well which i'm sure they will do and you've got to kind of cash in on it particularly before the documentary drops sell some merch maybe try and get one of the kit mm. launches out there and just really cash in on making wrexham a more global brand which i know they're keen to do so yeah in, in my eyes i think the ideal world would be that north american pre-season tour but it does depend on travel restrictions visas how long maybe you'd have to stay there for how long you get back uncertainty over when our season ends anyway hopefully it is in the playoff final but who knows and then you know you don't know which league you're going to be playing in next year do you until late in the season so there's a lot up in the air but I think in an ideal world North America you know Wrexham going global yeah I I I did a piece recently on the MLS and for that first game Austin FC it was a brand new team and Matthew McConaughey is a big driver of that team obviously the Hollywood actor and there was a picture of him and Will Ferrell, who is has a stake in LAFC, that you know that went viral massively. Now, can you imagine Wrexham go? They play Vancouver Whitecaps or something like that. And I really hope that is the foot, that is the MLS team. I think it is, but if I'm yeah, wrong, then I'm gonna look rather silly. Uh, can you imagine, you know, Ryan Reynolds and I mean, imagine just Ryan and Rob going to a game well, they've together. They've met each other, which is which another. Thing, you know, that's sort of emerged over the last week or so, hasn't it? I'd, I'd encourage anyone to go and read that men's health article, by the way, because it's really, really good, really funny. And yeah, this idea that Rob and Ryan, it all came about because um, there's a picture that went up on Instagram of Rob drinking some gin, and it obviously wasn't the aviation gin that Ryan uh, is a big believer in and, you know, big investor in. Uh, and yeah, and apparently they became texting buddies to, to use their parlance um so you know if i mean i'd like to become texting buddies with ryan reynolds so maybe i need to start posting myself me. what more what yeah. more can i ask for sometimes i say something yeah. funny in the whatsapp group but uh... yeah you do you do make me laugh make me laugh but yeah no a pre-season tour would be it'd be great which i think i think really that's probably got to become the norm i know we had portugal did you ever get out to any of these portugal tours yeah, i, I did never actually made portugal it oh, right. as club I never media, made it. which was fantastic and such a privileged position to be in we didn't have quite as maybe as much access as we wanted and it was still sort of new territory for us all so i think the subsequent ones have been better they've been sort of doing crossbar challenges having sort of more media time with the players but yeah they're, they're superb and you know it's another selling point i mean i think now that we've got the takeover that really is another bonus that we can use in negotiating. But I think when you're at a non-league level, being able to promise a player a proper pre-season break for a week or so in Portugal, that really was a difference maker. And it was another sort Mm. of incentive and another reason to sort of say, you're joining Wrexham, who are a massive club. And yeah, it was another string to our bow. But particularly, like you said, Nath, I think this has to become the norm. And it's just surreal. Little old Wrexham, I'll have to go global at some point. And we're doing it, but we're doing it in the right way. We've started this podcast talking about people who are trying to exploit their club for the wrong reasons. This is two people who are trying to spread the word for all the right reasons. And not just put Wrexham Football Club on the map, but put Wrexham on the map. The people, the industries you know, the businesses around, it's only good news for us. And obviously we've got that gateway to, to Wrexham proje- sort of project that's been passed as well. It's a really exciting time. And as you said as well, Nave, 
we're quite good at football at the moment over the last week and a half. Two four nil wins and yeah, we're quite it seems good. So yeah, surreal. we're all right. Yeah, we're all right. I mean, I'm just gonna say that you know, I've not been able. To, well, I mean, I had the chance to to buy both the streams, but I was working on both, so I, I decided that that I, I decided. Look, the Halifax one, I was very frustrated and I was very angry with how we played against Stockport. For me, that's quite an important game in kind of my family circle. My uncle's a big Stockport County fan. It just has extra added significance, that game, for me. And, you know, I don't want to go over kind of um, old ground too much. We were really poor. And so I felt like, you know, I don't want to, I don't want to see us get get it handed to us, basically, against, away at Halifax. We've got a terrible record there. Every time me and you went to the Shea, it was always miserable. And so I just thought, you know what, I'm just going to save my money on this occasion. And there were other people that I was speaking to that did the same. And, you know, there was no no fault. I thought, you know what, I will do. I will listen to it. And I listened to it on BBC Radio Wales. And next minute it's 1-0. And I thought, OK, probably won't last. And then it's 2-0. And I'm hearing all these great things about Gold Mateo. And then it's 3-0. And I'm like, I, I'm starting to think that maybe I've got a recording on, like someone's messing with me. I thought uh, I had to check the date not... to make sure it wasn't April the first because it yeah, just seemed I was just thinking excessive. this can't be real. This cannot be real. I mean, you know, everything Gold Armateo is playing like a prime sort of car new. Well, everything top. he touched turns turns to gold, doesn't <laughs> it? That's the irony. Turns to gold, yeah. Turns to gold. Um, Dior scores another great goal. Jordan has an absolute blind, obviously, as we said. He and just, then, I mean, Jordan know, just. It, I. I know it's lazy probably for my part, but he does just remind me of when Bale was told to move further upfield. I think it was Brian Flynn, wasn't it? And he was overseeing the Wales sort of training at that age group. And he said, you know, let's move Gareth Bale to a winger. What He's been played in the wrong position and it just changed his career. I think Jordan Davis now, he's got that confidence. He's been moved fo- further forward. And he just he's just a joy to watch. And he is a football league player and we're so lucky to have him right now. And the bonus uh, of the fact of him being a local lad. Yeah. To get him tied boy, down boy, to a long contract, I, I, I mean, that would be a dream. There's be no Wrexham fan out there that would probably argue against that. Uh, I feel like the uh, Photoshop I did kind of got kind of went a little bit under the radar. It was slightly freaky, I admit that. Uh, a picture of Gareth Bale's face on Jordan Davis with the match ball at Halifax. But you know, I, I, like I say, I get bored a lot of the time, and so I decided to swap people's faces around. But um, yeah, no, I mean the Woking one as well. We didn't have, we don't have a good record there, Rich. I remember going to Woking once on a away day. It was near Christmas time. It was, I think, it was below freezing. I well, didn't honestly, we lose to Woking the in this in that Donvo season? Wasn't weren't, wasn't that one of the defeats over Christmas that really ruined our promotion push? I can't quite remember, but I yeah, seem to I, think I don't know. I don't know if that something. was. I don't know if that was the game. All I remember is the game that I went to. They scored. I think it was from two set pieces. Yeah, and I was just oh, I I've never felt colder in my life. Maybe there was two places I felt the coldest in my life away at Kidderminster Harriers, when I think we lost that game, and I went with my dad to that one, and then I went on my own to Woking away, and that was just awful. I think I was like the Connor Jennings type era, yeah, that Donvo's kind of era, and yeah, and so I just thought, you know what, after the Halifax game, I didn't think we would lose again. I thought we'd get a good result at Woking, but I didn't expect. Another four nil, you know, eight goals, zero conceded, and I've not watched a minute live of either. So I don't know if that means I can't ever watch Wrexham again, or I'm not really sure what the rules are. I mean, it would be a handy sort of experiment if you could try that. <laughs> Maybe if you just never 
never watch Wrexham again, maybe never I mean, interact yeah, with the club again would be one way I mean, around it. But I mean, yeah, I mean, I'm not jinxing them by tweeting, but it seems that like by paying actual money and getting getting rid of my own money, that seems to be some sort of jinx. I don't know what, but yeah, no, it's it, it, there's, there's no complaints. I mean, what you, there's no flaws in, in a four nil. 4-0 defeat, and like I say, I had to eat humble pie last week with Gold Amateo, and he's putting in another good display. It just shows you the old cliche about you know players needing confidence, and suddenly well, yeah, they feel because, like world beaters. Get yeah. a bit of confidence, they feel like a world beater. Exactly, and uh, getting a player to play at his best, it's not just about getting him fully fit. You've got to get them fully fit, but then you've got to almost get them fully mentally fit and that's but because they need to get their confidence back and they need to try things and if your player has been out of the game for so long and your sole sort of purpose is just to get minutes under your belt you want to just try and play as safe and as effectively as possible almost because you've not got a guaranteed place in a team and you've not got that sort of loyalty with the manager yet so you maybe are a bit conservative in your style of play but now they've got the confidence of those two 4-0 wins strikers try some more speculative efforts midfielders maybe try a riskier pass and okay there can be repercussions which are negative to that but mostly they're they're all positives and and that's what we've got at the moment we've got that energy and that confidence surging through our veins and i think again another shout out for jordan but he is maybe the epitome of that a player who has the confidence and who's trying things he wouldn't have tried and i don't think it's necessarily that jordan davis is playing too much better than he was at the, end, the start of the season anyway, because I think he's been a solid performer, but he's taking on shots he wouldn't have done. He's trying mm. balls he wouldn't have done, and it's it's paying off. And like you said, Chesterfield this weekend. Oh, it's I... huge. It's, it's huge. I mean, you know, I was kind of hopeful that their game in midweek against Halifax, that that would have been a draw. You yeah. know, I was kind of hoping that that, that that would have just gone a point apiece, and that would have done probably better for us, really, because Halifax... You know, three points ahead of us now, level games, and so it kind of makes our win against them not redundant, so to speak. But I mean, you know, we've we've lost our kind of advantage over them now by by them getting that one in midweek, their their game in hand. So I mean, it's real tight. You look at it now: Chesterfield seventh, fifty-two well, points. That, We're sixth, fifty-three. Like you said, mm. if Halifax had dropped more points, then you see them as another team we can finish above. Whereas right now, as things stand. Okay, we've still got quite a bit of the season left, and it's one of those things where other leagues are much closer to being finished than ours are, is, so it's difficult to, to truly gauge where we're at. But as things stand right now, going into this Chesterfield game, it does almost look us versus them for for seventh, doesn't it? I think, I think that when you look at it, really, you think the top three will be some sort of combination of Torquay, Sutton and Hartlepool. I think you look at Torquay, third level games for those, and they're 13 points ahead. So, you know, I don't, I don't see we're going to swing that round, personally. Um, I know I tipped Stockport for the title there, and they've got two games in hand on Hartlepool. It's possible, but I just think that Torquay, Sutton and Hartlepool, with their run-ins and, and, and just the way they're playing at the minute, I don't I don't see them changing. So I think we're looking at that four, five, six, um, you know, seven, that kind of that kind of spot there. The eliminator. Kind of I, and I feel like, as well, for us... You know, like you say, every game's huge now, but you you can't argue that we will have had any better preparation for a game than back-to-back 4-0 wins. And so, and you know, they've lost a Santi to a big injury, and there's just a lot there, you know. There's a lot of anger against Chesterfield, the way they furloughed lots of, you know, they furloughed players. They took Adi Youssef off the bus, essentially, at Eastleigh. 
and you know that, that this, it'll be personal to Dean as well because I think as much as he you know got Addy out the building it, it still didn't and I know he's got in Keanu now he's got in Chris and he's got in Gold it, it still it will still rankle with him that the way that played out you know what I mean Chesterfield I know yeah, that, it's you know, a horrible they were, we can't bat, yeah, beat around the bush with that the fact I'm that not beating around the bush you know yeah. what I mean they 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 no, they, yeah. they, they could have really completely ruined our season really just by taking our main striker at the time they were clearly you know making noises behind the scenes to him because he obviously his agent was saying get off the bus like you know we the moves here i'm totally for the opinion that he needs to look after himself and he needs to be selfish and he needs to secure his future we know at this level that nothing's been guaranteed this season you know the funding's been up and down a lot of people get one-year contracts, so I'm all for going to secure your bag, going to secure your money. But you know, I've got I, there's absolutely no love lost between us and Chesterfield and the way they bounced in. And it's a historic our... rivalry, anyway, isn't it? Going yeah. back to '97 and stuff, and they're no further back than that as well. But that's the one that obviously sticks out, isn't it? But mm. it's just gonna be a really tasty tie, and I. That's what worries me, though, isn't it? Because it does stink of Notts County, it does stink of Stockport, and we know how both those games ended. I know they were difficult to take and the circumstance could have been different but Wrexham in these sort of games I just I do fear for that big match mentality I know like you said that things have been a bit different we've still had some big wins Halifax and Sutton this season but the reverse the reverse yeah the reverse was a killer wasn't it because it was that really late goal uh if I remember rightly it was 2-1 I feel like they scored Asante I think it was he was out now I think he scored in like the final couple of minutes 89-90 yeah, Asante scored twice, looking at that now. 89th minute, I mean, we had that Luke Young penalty, if you remember that. It was like a penalty that was in no, it was nowhere penalty. I mean, the, no one could see, you couldn't see anything that was wrong with it, but we, we, you know, we took it. Their goal was their first goal, but yeah, I don't know. There's always a bit of revenge on the cards because didn't think we played that badly that day um, and, and we ended up losing. And Dean was very critical of, the mindset that day, you know, I remember him speaking, I remember him vividly speaking about mentality and you know what, as much as that's a cliche and a buzzword, that's what it is now. You go, right, we've got a handful of, you know, handful of games left, less than a dozen games to go. It's about mentality now. It's about, can you get there? Just get into the playoffs and then worry about what's next. Don't worry about, I think in, you know, we've been caught up before of looking ahead, like, you know, I'm guilty of this. Can we, make the top three can we make a run for the title let's just secure top seven or whatever it is top six top five top four whatever we can and go from there you know let's just get results week to week especially when we're in the form that we're in we we don't want to gift wrap any results to people i feel like the stockport one we played so poorly we gift wrapped them three points and the same for the away game against stockport we gift wrapped them and so when we look back if we don't end up going up this season i think there'll be a lot of games where we look back and go you know what? That wasn't a, a performance that that you know the Wrexham really should be putting in, given the squad they've got at the time. You know there are other games. Fair enough. We we get beat and we have no complaints. It's comfortable comfortably beaten. That's fine. It's gonna happen. We lose games, but I don't know what you think. But I just think you know now it's all about not that cliche of one game at a time, but just mentality. What are you made of now? If you're players that want to go and play at a higher level, you need to prove you can win at this level. Yeah, exactly. I think when it gets to this stage of the season, you're not only playing for maybe a Wrexham future, but you're playing for a move this summer. You're playing to to prove which level you should be at. 
And like you said, Nate, it just it's time for us to have a real statement win. I know people say that Halifax win was that win, and you can see the arguments for that, but it's these sort of games, you know, Chesterfield's a different kettle of fish. I think the way that they play, there won't be many chances in this game. I think it will be a goal either way. And it's whether we can actually show that mentality and have that cutting edge, that ruthlessness. And in a way, you want us to win ugly this weekend because that would be the biggest statement. If we had maybe another shock win where they capitulate or there's some reason for our win, either being a a refereeing decision that's gone wrong or a player sent off, key injuries or whatever, that doesn't always tell you enough. Whereas I think if we play ugly and are able to grind out a result, I think that that is the real boost at this stage of the season. I think as well, I think we, we miss the fans so so much because you well, think how big the race course is. Yeah. So many of them, which many well, teams you know, at this level aren't. They don't No, and we sometimes we play we would go away and we would play against tiny crowds at tiny grounds and often it would be the away form that would be our Achilles heel. At home we'd be we'd be a good we'd be a force. We'd have good crowds there, four and a half, five thousand say. And you look at it and go, right, well, we've won, we've scored eight goals in two games on the road. But you go before that and you say, well, we've lost two key home games. Torquay, very unfortunate, Stockport, that was just, you know, right off. You look at it and go, right, well, we've got three of the next four at home. So we can't continue the poor home form, otherwise the season will be done. We've got Chesterfield, Solihull, then we go away to Maidenhead, one of my favourite away days in the kind of, the say it quietly, the Sam Ricketts era. And then we've got Yeovil at home again. So three really big home games, not so much for the opposition, Yeovil, Solihull and Chesterfield, but more so that, you know, if we are going to if we are gonna do something, it's going to come at home. We've got a good number of home games left now and we can't be, we can't sort of, you know, become a ghoul in our own backyard. You know, we have to sort of grab, grab it now at home. It's in our, you know, I hate the saying it's in our hands because obviously it never is in Wrexham's hands. But we have to really just make home advantage count now. Yeah, absolutely. So I waited to see if you'd go on even more of a no, passion. Uh, no, no, more of a more of a passion. No, but you just think I just it it, it frustrates me because the drop off at home it is so feels so significant for us because I feel like the and you know every fan will say the crowd makes a huge impact and I'm sure it does in you know when you understand the fan base, but it's in terms of the volume of fans that Wrexham have. At the race course, like I was saying to Adriano Moak in our interview with him, that kind of goosebump feeling when you walk out the tunnel and the away fans have got maybe a couple of hundred, we've easily got 4,000, say. And you just think you can really push... Because I feel like there's a lot of performances this season which the fans would not have accepted. And, and you know, would, would their would their kind of... Their jeers, would their kind of encouragement have made a difference? Obviously, that's conjecture. I have no idea... If it, if it would or it wouldn't, and there's no point in speculating, there's no point in me speculating, would we, have, would, would we or wouldn't we? But I just think now, if, for, if it's going to, if it, if it has to slip away from us, I don't want it to slip away at home. You know, I don't want it to slip away where we've kind of, we're, we're, we're doing things that other teams don't, you know, the advertising boards and we're trying to kick yeah. onto a new level. And I don't want teams, I don't want a Chesterfield, a Solihull, Yeovil, who else has got to come? Notts County, Kings Lynn. I don't want these teams to come to the race course, turn us over, and yet we're trying to find some sort of solace on the road. That's just depressing. If the race course, you know, as much as we love it, I don't want that to become the reason that it all the wheels come off, basically. No, exactly. And we're, we were already 
the biggest scalp in the league and now we're an even bigger scalp and we're an easy sort of target, aren't we? And like you said, all those games just stink of someone tweeting a stupid Ryan Reynolds gif at full mm. time once we've once we've inevitably lost. But who knows? I mean Rexman surprises so much over the last month. The highs have turned to lows, the lows have turned to highs, so I just I really do not know what to expect, but the pessimist inside of me yeah. just it doesn't, I agree, I agree it doesn't with you. And I just, well. And I just don't like roller coasters. It's just a little fact. I don't really like them at all. Really? It's not I'm, really a, my... I'm a big fan. Yeah, no, so I'm not a big fan of roller coasters. And so this kind of like virtual fan roller coaster is not really for me. Uh, but, you know, you, people wouldn't change it. The idea that you'd win every week or, you know, like we said about the Super League, winning and losing would become irrelevant. It wouldn't matter. You wouldn't get relegated. There is no promotion. You just earn lots and lots of money and that's it. No one wants that. So, you know, as much as I despise losing to Torquay in the last minute, I bloody love going, you know, going and putting eight past Halifax and uh, Woking, you know. So it's just part of the journey when you sign up. All these people, if they are defecting from their big 16s, if you are going to sign up to be a Wrexham fan, you end up finding this podcast. Buckle up. That's my advice. Buckle up because it's it's a ride. It's one hell of a ride, and it's yeah. definitely not over yet. You don't need your fast pass to get on this roller coaster. I can tell you. Oh no, 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 you're stuck on it now, and you'll be praying that it finally ends. But yeah, uh, I mean, we've spoken about I think everything we can really mention. Uh, shout out to yeah, the shoes. What about... Yeah, I was going to say the shoes. Yeah, the what shield. do you make of them? Yeah, the uh, sheet, the shield. You know what? I've actually tried to get. I've tried to get the shield as well because. Mythic Quest, I don't know if they're still open, if they're still left open, but Mythic Quest on Instagram said, if you've lost the shield, if you've lost this shield, please let us know how you lost it and we'll send it back to its correct owner. And so I made a very elaborate story about uh, being on set and I lost this shield and, you know, if they could kindly post it back to me, it would be much appreciated. I didn't hear back. I'm sure they got a number of responses, but if I do hear back, and Rob Ryan Red gets its hand on the shield, then you'll be the first to know about it. I'll be very, very excited. But yeah, I put on the Twitter, at Rob Ryan Red, if you want to find us on there. I put on the video that Rob McElhaney put on Instagram of so his some, new personalised shoes. Yeah, some like, there's some beautiful Nikes, and one of them's, they're all they're customised with everything sort of Rob's, that means something to Rob, you know. One of them's got an always sunny sort of, tongue on it the other one's got a Rexham tongue on it got Mythic Quest logo as well they're predominantly white some nice red and black accents sort of oh they're amazing yeah they're great what part of me just thinks like that belongs like maybe not the shoes because I know he he loves his trainers and he's got such a big collection of them but that shield surely we want there to be the National Football Museum in Wrexham surely that should be one of the uh, sort of driving forces behind it Oh, yeah, definitely. As much as I'd love to own that and just be able to say I have it, it, it would be so good just to... It needs to be seen by the people, doesn't it? We need everyone I think, to be enjoying yeah, it, I think as well, like, I think it would be a great photo op, you know what I mean? Like, in the yeah. club shop or, like, in the museum. Like, you know, people... I know I would. as well, because Wrexham has Comic-Con. You know, if you can always catch yeah, exactly. the two audiences there. And that's what the know. thing is. Wrexham Football Club isn't just for us as football fans. We want to make... You know, it's, it's got to be the whole community who feel a part of it. And to be honest... Wrexham Football Club should make you feel filled, filled with pride and should offer you something, mm. even if football isn't necessarily your number one sport, or even if you don't really like sport too much at all. It's we're an inclusive club and we want to welcome everyone from every background, every, you know, we just want it to be a big open family. 
But I guarantee that just you know fans of all ages would would want a picture with the shield. It's just a, it's just something different. You know you can always imagine the the pictures you could upload every week. You know Wrexham going into battle, ready for war. God, you know all these different things. It, aren't you? I'm already I'm whole... already to be honest. I've already been thinking about the potential for the Photoshop. Well, it sounds like you've already got your sort of Instagram caption in case you get yeah. the shield. So. <laughs> in case I, I get it, I've jumped. The, I'm jumping the gun, but you know that shield was great. The trainers, he said, they're never to be worn, so they're in, they're in obviously a collector's box, one of a kind, and yeah, I mean, there's just so much cool stuff at the minute. You know, stuff that a year ago, two years ago, you just wouldn't have believed. This idea that Rob McElhenney's got personalised Wrexham trainers no, the fact and Wrexham shields. Rob McElhenney knows who Wrexham Football Club are. Never mind owns Ryan, them. Never mind you know, has a pair of shoes with our famous badge on it. Yeah, it's just and, and Ryan, Ren- you know, Ryan Reynolds got Wrexham personalised gin. All these different things that you just thought. If somebody had made that up, put it in a book and called it fiction, I'd have said it's outrageous. I'd say it's a, uh, yeah, to say you know, yeah. to, to say it's non-fiction is just is just unbelievable. But uh, no, it's, it's I, I'm glad that we're just kind of we've got the feel good factor back. We're more relaxed, you know. The group chats this week have been a lot more cordial, a lot more excitable, and oh, it's just exhausting being a Wrexham fan. I don't know about everyone else who listens to this, but. It's just exhausting, and uh, you know it's not like you say it's not over yet, is it? We've just got to keep going and keep keep dissecting it as well, because this is actually my kind of safe space to to uh, to kind of un- unpack it all, because there's always so much that happens. I mean, even even Kwame putting on his picture of his leg in in cast, and you know, kind of after his operation, a successful operation, it's it's never a quiet quiet week following Wrexham. No, exactly. which a lot of people, which a lot of my colleagues don't understand. They think, well, you're not a top, you're not a top tier team. Like, how much? Well, we're legacy happens? fans, aren't we? That's the tragedy. Oh, we're we're I'm, legacy fans. I mean, well, I, I want to be I'm a not, fan of the future as well. I yeah, be I'm sadly not in the uh, 16 to 24 age bracket, so obviously. And I'm, neither am I actually. No, I'm just out of that. So, so I do actually like football. Me. I know anyone younger than me doesn't like football. I've never seen yeah. anyone between the ages of 16 <laughs> to 24 at a Wrexham game. I don't think they even know who Wrexham Football Club are. They all just love Fortnite and V Bucks and all that crap. Yeah, but obviously well, that's good. Yeah, that's a good cool Florentino Perez. It's don't get me started nonsense. on that. I, this should be my counselling session away from the Super League and all that <laughs> crap. And I'm sorry to any of you who follow me. I've probably bombarded your timelines this week with absolute nonsense that you don't really care about. Football was close to coming to death, but everyone saw their sense in the end, and thank God for that. Survived. Well, Rich, I mean, yeah, have we got a have we got a blast from the race course pass this week? I gave it away last week. I've realised I'm not very good at the game. Yeah, I think this will fam- be hard. My family but... was saying that my family was saying that I'm actually not very good because I'm kind of so what, desperate just, for you to what, get it. What, you're not very good at the game, or was this more of a sort of a, uh, a personal? No, 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 no. no. They, were, they were saying I'm not very good at the blast from the pass game okay. because I end up giving it away. Like I said, we had Michael Proctor last week, and I ended up sort of giving you far too many clues, and obviously you basically any. any any you legacy fan would have got that. Spoonerism as well, didn't you? I did. Michael, I did. Michael I did. Mokter or whatever. But this yeah. one is, <laughs> oh, is, is a God. difficult one because this player was only with Wrexham for a very short period of time. Right. In 2008. He joined us in January 2008 when we were in the... the well, was it still the Skrill Premier then? I can't quite remember what the first... I can't, I can't quite remember what order. Was the Blue Square Bet Premier, then the Skrill Premier? Then... Well, 2007-08 was our final year, right, in the League 2? Is yeah. that when we were relegated? Yes, we were relegated. So, um, yeah, we are just League 2 then, right? Yes, correct. Sorry, I've got my yeah, so ideas mixed up. So, yeah. you got No, there you go. We've been in non-league so long, you actually forget when we were in the football, especially 
us, those just legacy fans. We've only known kind of garbage for most of the time following the town, unfortunately, yeah, when, I, when it comes to league football. I but forget on, the glory so days of League 2. 2007-08, so yeah, so I'm, I'm already worried. He joins League 2 strugglers Wrexham on the 11th of January 2008. He scored his first Wrexham goal on the 9th of March in a 2-0 win over Chester City. Now, you need to be a legacy Ooh. fan to remember Chester City because they're not around anymore. <laughs> and oh. his spell was unfortunately cut short because of injury. He was a Jamaican international. He used to play for Chesterfield. He joined Wrexham from Walsall on loan. At the end of the season, he joined Newport County for a couple of months before going to Stratford Town, Spalding United, and finally finishing his career at Mansfield. So a former Wrexham striker who had a short loan spell um, in the 2008 season when we were actually from the Football League. And he scored Ah. against Chester, the opening goal in a 2-0 win. Jamaican international, Manchester now, this, now this, you know, Wrexham haven't had too many Jamaican internationals, I can assure you of that. Um, now, oh, because basically when I was trying to do prep for the Jocelyn Maybe interview before we arranged that, do go back and listen to that, by the way, there's been great feedback on that. You can find that, I think it's episode nine. Go back and listen to that. But yeah, when I was looking at that, I was looking at Wrexham's kind of foreign players that we've had. And I'm trying to remember the Jamaican player because I did read it and I, I wasn't, I'm going to be honest and say I couldn't remember their name uh, before I read it. He played, <sighs> he started all three of Jamaica's games at the 1998 World Cup in France. In 1998, so I would have been two years old, Rich. And you so... don't remember it. God, you really but are I don't, a I don't remember. Glow, you, aren't I, you? <laughs> I am. Oh, God. I'm a glowing. I, okay, so... You were made for I the European I, Super League, you, aren't you? I, I, I'm the fan of the future, Rich. I think. Okay, I think I've got. I think I can think of the first name, but I. Oh, uh, I feel like it's Paul something. Paul. His surname is very, very phonetically close to Paul. Is it Paul? Yeah, and his surname is very phonetically close to Paul. Paul. Same amount of letters. Paul, Paul Hall? Paul, Paul Hall. Anthony Hall. Yes, correct. Currently the youth Get development in. squad, uh, no. so under-23s head coach at Queen's Park Rangers. Yeah. But yeah, Paul that Hall. A, and... Paul, that was a new one for me. Not a new one, but yeah, I couldn't remember. But when I was looking up kind of his, potential his guests. Chester is like one of the only sort of... Because rec- at work I get the sort of Getty images login, mainly for right. United pictures, but I can take any sure. picture I want. And one of the sort of... They don't have many Wrexham games and they're not categorised properly. If you type in Wrexham, Wrexham matches don't always show up. But that 2-0 win over Chester does show up. And Paul Hall's goal is one of the few Getty images that I've got access to of of a Wrexham game. But yeah. I will be honest. I I I have have limited memory. I wouldn't have got him if you asked it the other way around. So it was unfair. No, I mean, I... Yeah, I mean, I had to... Well, no, only because I was looking up kind of the furthest reaching players that Wrexham have had just because I, you know... And an anorak like that, uh, but yeah, no, I I can't remember that goal, Rich. I'm going to be honest, which is quite sad. I mean, it takes a lot to. I try not to remember Chester City if I can. Um, yeah, I do try to sort of block that out of my memory. I mean, I try and block the current Chester out of my memory, to be honest. Um, but no, good for Paul Hall to make it into our blast from the past. We've had some great kind of names we'll have to make come like in. A superstar team of all the people we eventually reference, won't we? Yeah, I mean, let's let's see where we are. Let's try and piece it together. We've obviously got the goalkeeper. In Scott Shearer, and I'm sure we'll, we'll we can go back and who else did we have? Proctor, Heslop, Heslop, yeah, we've Franks. had 
Uh, Jonathan, that's that, that was the perfect way to start Jonathan Franks. We've uh, yeah, we've had we've had a few different ones there, so we'll have to try and piece it together, Rich. But yeah, just want to say a big thanks for been getting lots of messages actually recently, Rich, which is always nice. We appreciate those about the pods and you know the hometown hero pod. Our last one, episode ten, did really well, and you know there's there's, there's great guests that we've had on as well. Joss is still easily that's such a great pod. I listened back to it the other day actually, just because I thought. It's so fun to hear him speak with such enthusiasm. The Chislovich pod, that's also well worth listening to, been very popular. And obviously the Moke pod, which on the back of the, the Dominic Vose pod that many have listened to elsewhere, that that's a really good one to listen to as well, Mokes, because he, he speaks really openly and quite candidly about his time at the club. And yeah, we're, we're definitely keen to, to go and get more rich. That's what we want to do. Yeah, I've got some interesting ones lined up as well, which we'll be bringing you over the next few weeks. But we want to try it sort of mix it up between our own opinions on our oh, own definitely, yeah. our own sort of platform to vent our own frustrations. But yeah, yeah we need it. We need it, That's probably enough for this week's pod, isn't that it? Is. Otherwise that we're is. probably we're really done. creeping too no, close. Done, I mean this podcast nearly lasted as long as the European Super League proposals, isn't oh. it? So uh, <laughs> it's probably a good time to shoot off and, yeah. and go. But Nay, thank you as always for joining Thanks us. Thanks so much, Rich. And thank you once again for listening and for making it this far. As always, please do leave a like, a review, and subscribe if you haven't already. That is the way to help us and, you know, helps us with our own profile to get more guests in the future for podcasts as well. So thank you very much for listening to the Rob Ryan Red Wrexham AFC podcast, and we'll see you again next time. It's the 90th minute. All your mates are around. You've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Your mate's already got butt for double dipping, and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Order mug delivery now on the McDonald's app. You in? At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee, and terms apply. See McDonald's.com. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.